What is good, my hoop loving friends? How are you doing? Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Pod. I hope everyone is doing well. And uh, we got an emergency pod for you guys today. I'm sure that you guys know what we're going to talk about the big Donovan Mitchell trade that went down today. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but you know, coming in, I you just kind of got the sense that that this thing was going to happen soonish. You know, I didn't know it was going to happen today. I didn't know it was going to happen tomorrow. But you got a sense it was like it was coming. And I think for me, it was the RJ Barrett extension. Not that that meant the Knicks were out, uh, but you knew that had to be involved in some sort of leverage play, whether to be put a little bit pre- more pressure on Danny Ainge, like, hey, all right, if you're bullshitting, we're just going to lock up RJ and call us when you're ready. Um, because this whole time, like, I'm sure, I'm sure Danny Ainge had talks with with numerous gms but like this whole time it seemed like all right the knicks are the clear favorite they love him he's from new york he's down to go there they have the uh the picks and assets to go get it right they they made that deal this year where they dealt their lotto first for like three firsts um with i'm i'm guessing you know with donovan mitchell in mind so obviously i didn't i didn't think it was gonna be cleveland i didn't know when but you felt like it was on the verge of, of coming through. And then it eventually, eventually it does go through and uh, it's not a bad package. I think, I think the initial reaction again is mixed. Um, I've heard plenty of people say that's not a good package. I've heard plenty of people say that's a pretty good package. I'm of the mind that like, that's a pretty damn good package. It's not like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, the Jazz got away with murder. Um, but I'm definitely not sitting here like, wow, they, that, that was not enough. Um, Colin Sexton, who I've been, you know, confused all summer. Why is this guy not signed? Why is this guy not signed? We are now know, like, hey, this was probably something that was in Colby Altman's mind all summer. Like, hey, if we can get Donovan here with Sexton involved, like, let's let's do that. But uh, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen. O'Shea Obaji, who is their first-round pick this year, three unprotected firsts, and two swaps. And I think I think for the people that say, hey, that's not enough, I think where that comes from is just that AD package. But I think that AD package was just different, and I think gone are the days where you're going to get an up-and-coming potential star, a guy with star potential and three-plus picks, and more players. And and I think even in that case, AD was seen as, at that time, and on honestly, still now in my eyes, but AD was seen at that time as like a potentially, a, for sure, a top 10 guy, potentially a top five guy, like a guy you legitimately build around, a guy that Braun could pass the torch to. So it was literally like, all right, we'll, we'll do whatever. We'll do whatever. In this case, it's not quite the same. Donovan's a very good basketball player, and we'll get into the numbers in a little bit. Uh, but I don't think it's quite the same. The other reason why I felt like this thing had to happen somewhat soon was, again, I don't think Donovan officially requested a trade, but when Rudy Gobert gets moved, the writing is on the wall. The writing is on the wall. Like when Rudy Gobert was such a huge, huge piece of this team that he's gone. You already got bounced in the first round to a team that didn't even have Luka for half that series. Like it's, 
like obviously I'm I'm actually I generally side on the co- the I generally side on the side of like let's run it back like let's let's build let's build here let's get some chemistry and just because we lost last year does not now mean that we're destined to lose next year right to an extent but with the way things went down I think I don't again there's been a lot of back and forth about Rudy and, and Donovan not quite getting along um so there was some friction there. There was just no way that this team was going to make any real noise without Rudy Gobert. And you know, this is like, this is peak value Donovan, right? Like, uh, obviously he's not even in the quote prime prime yet. Like tw- he's 25, but like, this is where you're getting the most value because it's not only is he really good right now, but you know, he might even improve a little bit. And uh, you just know you're getting the peak version of him for a while. So this is the time to sell, and there's no real point in running it back and being at best, at best, in a loaded-ass conference, an eight seed. It just doesn't make sense. And I feel like it only gets harder to move a guy <clears throat> once the season starts, especially a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Like, even in AD's case, it's like, all right, you stick him in there, he's automatically going to impact your defense. He's automatically going to uh, pr- protect the rim. You don't need to run isolations for him, right? Donovan Mitchell is a different player, and I'm not saying he's a ball hog, actually. We'll get, and we'll, again, we'll get into the numbers, but um, he's a guy that's not as easily integrated as Anthony Davis because the ball's in his hands a lot more. And when the ball's in your hands a lot more, you got to know what's going on, and there's definitely a uh, a give and take that comes with your backcourt mates in terms of how much you have the ball. So it just made sense to get this thing done before training camp, not to have this drag out, on top of the fact that it just becomes a distraction because that's all anyone in Utah will ever talk about moving forward. And so to get it done, to know who you got going into the season, it makes a lot of sense. And I really do think, you know, for both sides, we can go individually, three unprotected first, Unproductive first are gold because no matter how good you are, no matter how solid your coaching staff is, no matter how well run you are, shit happens. And so to have unprotected first where shit could hit the fan. I don't foresee the Cavs missing the playoffs for the next eight years or whatever it is. But you never know. It takes one injury to a key guy. It takes two injuries, right? Um, and, and, and things can happen. And it doesn't even need to be one, right? Like, Three first are are valuable assets. You trust your scouting. You trust your front office. Uh, that's gold, right? You're getting a pick of a young player on a, te- a cheap team-friendly deal for four years with control. Then you get two pick swaps. So it's, essentially, it's not necessarily another first, but the potential to jump up a couple spots. We'll see. O'Shea Obaji who went, I believe, 18th in this draft, just a sniper out of Kansas. Hard for me to talk about him in depth um, because, again, I, I saw him in college, but it's a, it's a whole different game in the in the NBA. And then Colin Sexton, who we talked about a lot. Um, I've, I've talked about him a lot on Twitter. I was just confused. Like, why is this guy not signed anywhere? Uh, obviously, he got hurt last year towards ACL. But the year before... Um, and it was really weird, the perception of him. And it just, I feel like it happens a lot nowadays where a guy is disliked on NBA Twitter and then it just gets piled on 
pile on people, pile on pile on pile. Where usually it gets to the point where I'm like, the the perception goes too far the other way, and I think that's what happened with Colin Sexton two years ago. He was eighty uh, fourth percentile in three point shot making, ninetieth percentile in three point shot creation, eighty seventh percentile in overall perimeter shooting, fifty uh, seventh percentile in pull up threes. 72nd percentile and three-point percentage overall. Uh, honestly, a really underrated playmaker. He can get his head down at times, right? Um, but when he actually is passing, he's not a he's an undervalued uh, playmaker. And so you get a guy who's 22, who's had a season where he's averaged 23, 24 um, on decent splits. It, it's a good buy low for the Utah Jazz. I don't know that I see, you know, necessarily star potential, but like at the very, very worst, you have a microwave scorer in Colin Sexton. It's a guy where you just bet on the talent. And then Laurie Markinen, uh, just a super versatile player. He really f- like flamed out uh, towards the end in Chicago. Uh, a lot of times just looked like he wasn't really enjoying the game, uh, but had a much better season in Cleveland last year. We'll take a look at the numbers. 87th percentile overall in three-point percentage. 40, he shot 40%. Uh, corner threes, 53%. 93rd percentile. Uh, and was a part of a really good Cleveland defense. I think Jared Allen and, and Evan Mobley get all the love, and, and you know deservedly so. They were really, really good. Laura Markman was a really good interior defender last year. Eighty Contested 37% uh, of shots at the rim. Puts him 88th percentile. 79th percentile in uh, defensive field goal percentage versus expected field goal percentage, 78th in adjust, adjusted rim point save, 75th in overall rim protection. You know, when you think of Larry, you don't really think of that. Um, still just 23, smart, high IQ player, uh, really good numbers in off-ball movement this, this past year. That's a good grab. That's a really good grab. And it's a little bit of a bummer because it felt like Okay, Laurie has actually really found a home in in Utah this or sorry, in Cleveland. Um, but I am I'm sure that he is he he's gotta be able to embrace this opportunity because he's gonna have so much more room to to do what he wants. He was pretty much a, a spot up shooter um in Cleveland, and he's probably gonna have a little bit more freedom. As for Utah, like in general, I think Danny Ainge did a really good job. I mean, we, we talked about it. Sexton, Laurie, Oshai, three unprotected first and two swaps for Donovan, Malik, THT, Stanley Johnson, Kessler Edwards, or uh, Kessler Wa- Walker, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmero, and four unprotected first for Rudy Gobert. That's, that's about as good as you can ask for. And again, I just don't think that the days of, the the Brandon Ingram package with multiple first and Josh Hart and Larry Nance. I think those days are gone. And if they are, if it comes back, it's going to be for a top five-ish guy. But you even saw what James Harden went for. It was a bunch of pick swaps. Like it's just uh th- this is this is a good opportunity for Utah. Again, a small market. So you get the opportunity to draft and groom these guys. Um I like it for them and, and this is a really good start for them in terms of their rebuild. Um, as for the Cavs, man, I, I see them getting a ton of love on Twitter and really they, they deserve all of it. They deserve all of it. I think there's a lot of times where trades go down and 
people just want to start, you know, saying one team dominates the trade and they just get carried away. I, I think this is one of those trades where like the love that the Cavs are getting is absolutely deserved. And I, I think we just got to take a step back and we're going to just give a round of applause for Colby Altman. I'm holding my mic so it's hard, but oh, that that didn't work. But we're I'm giving a round of applause for Colby Altman because when LeBron left, when Kyrie left, because um, LeBron did his normal thing, right? Like when LeBron's there, he becomes the de facto GM and he's bringing on Isaiah Thomas and he's bringing on uh, freaking Channing Fry and Amon Shumpert and J.R. Smith. And then when he dips and Kyrie decides he's out, you're left with a barren wasteland. And if you told me at that point when those guys dipped out that this team would be in the bottom in the bottom of the East for the next 10 years, I literally wouldn't have been shocked. And I, w- I wouldn't have even been mad at like Colby Altman. I would have been like, like I wouldn't have been tripping. But you look now, he has an all-star and absolutely nailed the pick in Darius Garland. And that's not an easy pick to make. Like he missed a lot of games uh, at Vanderbilt with a foot injury. Like you really got to be sold on a guy to pick a guy who didn't really play in college, right? Nails that pick. You can say the Mobley pick was obvious. Regardless, you still nail the Mobley pick. Uh, And then the secret sauce in all of that was the buy low on Jared Allen. That happened in the... uh, in the Harden deal, I don't exactly remember what it was, but it was a buy low for sure. For sure. They grab him. And even Laurie in this deal, they just snatched him up as a buy low. Buy low on a young, talented player. He was a part of this deal, a key part of this deal. You never know, man. Like Donovan might be in New York if they don't have a guy like Laurie Markinen, who's 23 years old, still a desirable asset on a good co- on a good contract who can space the floor. Like Colby Altman in a league where sometimes there are GMs that just make calls that are just like, what? Colby Altman has absolutely killed his tenure in Cleveland. Um, and you're legitimately looking at a powerhouse in the East. I know, I don't know that I can like jump them over the Bucks or the Celtics. Um, but like, it, dude, it, it would not shock me if they are better than the. I still take the Sixers. I'll still take the Sixers this year. Long-term, give me the Cavs. Cavs probably have the best future in this conference. You can make an argument for the Bucs and Celtics for sure with the with their young cores. But um, they're set. They're absolutely set. I mean, I talked about it on the Power Forward pod. Evan Mobley is a young Anthony Davis. Darius Garland, like, I feel like, Trey highlights the the young Trey is the face of the young up and coming point guards and I get it. He deserves to be. But I think that the gap between Trey and Darius Garland is a lot smaller than what what people think. We'll pull up Darius's year from last year. It was just stupid. Stupid. But this team got into the play in and they lost Colin Sexton at the start of the year. Jared Allen missed 20 plus games. Evan Mobley missed a decent amount of games and is also a rookie. Darius Garland played a load that he has never played before. Like he's never had the load that he had as a 21 year old. Like that, that gets lost on a lot of people. He was carrying this team every night. He had so much responsibility. Ricky Rubio missed 
basically the whole damn year. Like this was a team that won 43 games or whatever it was dealing with a shit ton of adversity. Like it was, it'd be one thing if you go sneak into the play and went play in win 43 games and you had your full squad all year. They were so far from a full squad, but let's get to Darius Garland. 80, uh, 84th percentile in three-point sh- uh, shot making, 70th, 73rd in pull-up, 89th in catch and shoot, 83rd and above the break threes, 90th in three-point shot making, 91st in perimeter shooting, uh, 90th in passing versatility, 96th in high-value assists, 99th in pass creation quality, 98th in over- overall playmaking talent. Like, this guy is so damn good at basketball. I made a video on him on YouTube uh, last summer going into the year because I just knew this guy is a stud. No one talks about him. And, you know, it, it'd be one thing. I think that's one concern that people have had. Like, okay, how's that Donovan Darius, you know, fit guy? Dude, Darius is such a smart basketball player. He's so unselfish. Like, he is not the type of guy. Like, I'm not going to call Trey selfish, but, like, there's plenty of times where you can look and it's like, all right, this guy just wants to run a high pick and roll every single time. Like, Darius has no problem playing off the ball. Darius has no problem taking a back seat, putting his scoring on the back burner to get his guys going. In fact, that's what he – like, Darius enjoys getting his guys going, and it's so clear to me when you watch him. Like, he wants to get the guys going around him, so he's going to have absolutely no issues. Uh, playing with Donovan Mitchell and you line that those four up I mean there's not many there's not many that go toe-to-toe with that so uh, I mean if you told me they finished third in the east I would not be shocked and the the great part about that is Donovan Mitchell is 25 Darius Garland's 21 Evan Mobley is 20 and Jared Allen is like 24 or 25 too like this is a disgusting disgusting young core it honestly, you could talk about it being the best young core in the league. Obviously, that so that's excluding like the Drew, Giannis, Chris Middleton core, the Tatum Brown. I mean, Tatum and Brown are pretty young too, but um, it's I really can't say enough good things about this young core. Um, let's get to Donovan Mitchell. We've talked about it. I had the top ten shooting guard pod, and I dug into it, and I think again another example of. The discourse is going too far. And I'm in a 30-team fantasy league in Discord. And so I hear a lot from them. And I understand that those 29 other guys don't necessarily, um, you know, represent all of NBA Twitter. But I hear a lot of, okay, the defense is terrible. Okay, he takes some bad shots. And I think it's overblown. I think it's overblown. And again, I think a lot of that, a lot of that comes from he has such a law. He had such a damn large load in Utah. He was 99th percentile in usage rate, 99th percentile in total offensive load. Like that's a lot. And despite that, the the perimeter defending wasn't even as bad as people said. Like, let me let me pull it up. Let me pull it up for y'all right here. 62nd percentile. 62nd percentile, B minus. That's not even bad. You would have thought he was a traffic cone. And I think a lot of that just comes from the eyeballs that came on him in uh, 
in the playoffs. But 94th percentile in steals per 75, 71st percentile in deflections. Like, it's not like this guy is incapable of playing defense. He's very long. And I'm not worried. Like, people talk about, too, I don't know about the defense that they're going to be able to play. Like, Donovan and Darius is a shaky defensive backcourt. Dude, look around the league and how many backcourts are there that are just rock solid defensively? How many? I There's not many. That's the answer. There's not many. There might be a backcourt where there's one really good defender and he'll make up for it. But, like, this is an NBA, bro. It's not that black and white. You can go ahead and put a wing defender, a solid wing defender, a guy like Isaac Okoro, on that number one matchup. And by the way, okay, you might get blown by here and there. Guess what? Evan Mobley's waiting there. Guess what? Jared Allen's waiting there. Like, this was a Cavs team that had a great defense last year. Despite Jared Allen being hurt, despite Evan Mobley being hurt, and despite the guards being Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Ricky Rubio. Not concerned at all about the fit. I think the fit makes a lot of sense. Um... And I think Donovan and Darius are going to complement each other very, very well. Like, very well. Darius is, uh, he had to take on more on-ball stuff, like high usage stuff, than I think he even asked for. Like, I think he was perfectly cool. Like, he made Colin Sexton work, right? Donovan Mitchell is Colin Sexton on steroids. So, I, I just have no, absolutely no... No questions about this backcourt. They've got they've got a wing defender in Isaac Okoro. They've got rim protection in, in Mobley and Jared Allen. Like, I think this is a great fit and props to Kobe Altman because they weren't even really on my radar. I saw some stuff here and there, but, like, the more we go through this, I think this is a lot better fit than a lot of people realize. Um, and I'm so excited to watch this Cavs team. Like, I was already, I was already pretty hyped as a, as a Cavs guy last year just because i love darius garland but this is to the next level and i i would not be surprised at all if this Cavs team is a top three seed a top four seed and regardless of that they're going to be in the mix for a really long time as for the knicks man like it's disappointing i'm sure knicks fans are disappointed because i mean i can't really think i know they had this little baby julius randall breakout but like kp they haven't had a star since Melo. And even Melo was a somewhat one dimensional. I'm not trying to hate on Melo. He's a somewhat one dimensional star. Like, I guess Donovan is to an extent. But, um, like, it, it's. They wouldn't have done any, like, real damage in my mind. But, like, Donovan, Jalen Brunson, and Julius is at least a serviceable core. And they probably would have been in the mix for a, anywhere from six to 10. Um, so worst case, bottom of the play-in. It's a bummer, but like at the same time, you keep your assets. I don't think Donovan was pushing them over the top, but again, that's the way this team is kind of constructed. When you sign Jalen Brunson to the deal you signed him to, you've kind of committed yourself to, hey, we're just trying to make some money, bring some excitement, have a good time for the fans. Like Because Jalen's a guy you sign, at the, again, at that price. Jalen's a guy you sign at that price to sell tickets to be a little bit more exciting. Jalen's a really good dan- – he's a damn good basketball player. I hope you guys aren't taking this as hate. But, like, that's – paying a guy that much money 
with the roster you have, I don't think leads you to a championship. But that's about it, guys. It's just it's we're getting there, bro. September first, month away from it being October, and then you're three weeks away. Just take it day by day. We have football to tide us over. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, main takeaways: the Cavs are going to be really good for a really long time. I don't. I know. I realize that's not a hot take. Uh, but on the other end of it, the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think Danny Ainge did a really good job of making sure he got the maximum amount of value of what was out there on the market. Um, and who knows? Maybe they could have squeezed like. If they could have squeezed RJ, IQ, one of Quinton and Obi, and a couple first, obviously you take that package. But it sounds like they kind of had to choose between a ton of picks package and like IQ or Grimes or RJ, IQ, and less picks. And it sounds like they settled for uh, this package where I would rather have RJ than Sexton. I'd rather have RJ than, and than Laurie. And I don't hate IQ at all, um, but they'd rather get those three unprotected first on, with those. And I must, I mean, Danny Ainge is pretty good at his job. I'm assuming that was the best he could get. Um, and again, all the incentive to get this thing done before training camp so you don't have to deal with the bullshit distractions. And you can, not just with the media, but just like you have the guys that you know you you have and, and you're going into the season with what you got and you can work from there. Anyways, guys, love you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, more content on the way. If you guys don't follow me, at Hoops Drive. And anytime you have a question, you want to talk basketball, my DMs are open. Tweet at me, all that good stuff. Love you all. Enjoy your, enjoy your night, your morning, wherever you are. Peace.